Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, I want to focus this week on the brief but extremely powerful passage from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, which is our first reading for this weekend. You know, again, I'm on this, um, this kick, and we, we Catholics have got to get better at, uh, at reading the Bible. Uh, take out the book of the prophet Jeremiah. It's a little tricky. I mean, we get a good commentary, but it's such a rich experience to go through that book. So our, our passage today is a very brief one, taken from the 17th chapter of the prophet's book. The context is a fierce upbraiding that Jeremiah is giving for the idolatry of the people. You know, our word uh, Jeremiah, you know, someone gives a, a very strong and critical uh, talk. Well, that's because Jeremiah is kind of like that. He'll, he'll typically uh, upbraid the people. There are beautiful lyrical passages, too, in Jeremiah, but he's kind of known for this tough, you know, tough love approach. And he's going after, as I've often said, the principal sin in the vision of the Bible, which is idolatry. That is to say, turning something less than God into God. That's always the fundamental spiritual problem. All the other spiritual problems and moral problems come from that one. So we hear that the people had erected, quote, altars and sacred poles in the hills. Now, this is old stuff from the um, ancient Israel. The sacred poles, those were always the sign that they were worshiping the gods of the, of the people of the land and not worshiping uh, the Lord God, Yahweh, right? So that's kind of a code, the sacred poles. You find that throughout the Old Testament. And what this has done, Jeremiah says, is it's awakened the anger of God. You know, I've said this a hundred times to you, uh, the anger of God, don't literalize it as though he's falling into an emotional snit. Um, The anger of God is a symbol, if you want, of the divine passion to set things right. You know, the great um, rabbi, Abraham Joshua uh, Heschel, said that the prophet's job is to is to feel the feelings of God. Now, I know that maybe has a kind of a 1970s kind of overtone, but don't think of it that way. But think of it as someone that identifies so deeply with, with the reality of God that that he channels, as it were, he, he feels the passions of God. And one of those is this passion to set things right. The anger of God, if you want. And Jeremiah is a great conduit of this passion. See, God hates it when we worship something less than himself. Now, mind you, not because he's petty and self-absorbed. Like, how dare they worship something less? No, it's because such worship makes us less than fully alive. Let me say it again. God hates our false worship, but not because he's he's hung up and he has emotional uh, needs and you know he's jealous. He he hates it because we are less alive when we do that. So what we have in our reading for today is a kind of pithy formula that I think is really important in the uh, understanding of our spiritual life. It's a sort of simple program that we should follow 
at the fundamental level. So let's listen now to uh, Jeremiah as he channels, if you want, the feelings of God. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Uh, put that on your computer screen for a couple months as a like screensaver. Put it up on your refrigerator. This little passage. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Trust or faith is, of course, a master idea in the Bible. It means our fundamental manner of ordering our lives. It points toward the bedrock, the ground, the ultimate good. Right? So everybody, in this sense, trusts in something or someone. That makes sense? Everybody. Oh, you know, I'm not a person of faith at all. No, everyone is, because everyone finally, from the, from the you know, atheist to the, to the most ardent believer, has some bedrock for his life. Otherwise, his life would simply fall apart, right? There's something fundamentally that we trust in, we have faith in. To this um, point, I've often quoted uh, Paul Tillich, the Protestant theologian, that all you need to know about someone you can learn by asking a simple question, what do you worship? It's the same thing. In what do you put your ultimate trust? And that will tell you, Tillich quite rightly says, I think, all you need to know about somebody. So, you know, for many uh, of us sinners, this could be money or position or politics or family or fame or country or success. Everybody trusts in something or someone. Now, again, those things I mentioned, money, family, fame, country, they're not bad things. But they don't belong in the bedrock position of your life. You know, in some ways, friends, I, it might be the great theme of the whole Bible, Old Testament and New. Read Jesus now under this rubric of Jesus always trying to bring us to the point of putting our faith in the right place, in the right person. So Jeremiah's point is very simple, but extremely trenchant. That's why you need to put it up on your computer screen. If you trust in flesh... Now, that's biblical code for anything other than God. So read flesh here not so much literally as like, you know, matter or, or the bodily flesh. Read it as anything other than God. Then you are cursed. Now, again, not because God has personal hangups, but because we are wired for God, and anything less than God will leave us, therefore, dissatisfied. Now, what happens? What's the sign of this curse? Listen again to Jeremiah. He's like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. Lovely that last phrase. They're keeping the, the sort of archaic English of the King James. He's like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season but stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. Get the image? Cut off from the deepest sources of life. The bush is 
barely alive. I mean, it's dried up. It's moribund. Mind you, we could be describing someone who looks like he's got it all together, who's a grand success in the eyes of the world. He's got money, fame, power, position, esteem. But see, when squinted at through spiritual eyes, when looked at, at straight on with a spiritual vision, he has no roots. Or better, maybe those roots don't stretch all the way down to the deepest sources. They're caught, therefore, in a lava waste, in a salt and empty earth. Okay, now turn it around, Jeremiah says. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. He's like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. Beautiful. When you trust in God, when God is the bedrock of your life, when everything else in you revolves around and returns to God, you're safe because your roots have stretched far and deep and they found the life-giving water. That's why I see the tree planted by a flowing stream. That's the idea of a life planted near the deep source of life and whose roots are able to get all the way down there. That's someone who has trusted in the Lord. Think here of, well, shift metaphors, but uh, Teresa of Avila's interior castle, right? This place of, of safety and peace, even in the midst of all the, all the dangers of the world. Think of John of the Cross's inner wine cellar, this place where the spirits are kept, the deep down, Think of Thomas Merton's Le Point Vierge, she puts it in French, this virginal point where I am in contact with God. Merton thought that was the kind of fruit and source of prayer. That's where prayer brings us to the Point Vierge, this virginal point. When you found those places, you found life and you found safety. And importantly, again, let's listen now to Jeremiah. It fears not the heat when it comes. Its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. So important. See, that nowhere in the Bible, and people fall into this trap all the time, nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that people that trust in God, nothing bad will ever happen to them. <laughs> Show me one passage that says that in the Bible. No, I mean, we're, we're living in this finite, conflictual world, a world that's characterized by the fall. Bad things happen to us all the time. That's the heat, see here in this image. That's the drought. But the soul that's grounded in God fears not the heat when it comes. Its leaves still stay green. It doesn't fear the drought because its roots are deep and are connected to the water. Think of John Paul II, you know, the famous Be Not Afraid. Um, he doesn't mean that we'll never be afraid in life, that we'll never face difficulty. He means we'll have the courage to endure them. That's someone who's rooted deep, who trusts in the Lord. Do you ever wonder, you know, I found this a lot in my pastoral experience, why certain people seem able to endure the worst moments of life? You know, when they're passing through a very dry season, and, and friends, we all pass through them, right? 
But some people, as they go through them, remain full of life and hope. They're not Pollyanna. They're not living in denial. They're rooted deep. Remember the great uh, spiritual, uh, no storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging. So storms going on, of course, but I've, I've got my, my life rooted in a solid rock. You know, one of my favorite examples here is um, Edith Stein. When she was still kind of an atheist, uh, maybe beginning a search in the direction of religion. But she went to visit a friend of hers who had lost her husband, her young husband, in the First World War. And she came to see her fully expecting a woman just devastated. She found instead a woman who was sad indeed, but not devastated. Someone who still had a keen sense of meaning and purpose. And then she discovered, Edith Stein had still become an atheist, she discovered it was this woman's faith that gave her this confidence and gave her this, this power even in the midst of the worst things. Okay, how do we cultivate this? Well, prayer, blessed sacrament adoration, holy hour, rosary, Bible study, service of the poor, above all the mass. Have you wandered away from these practices? If so, do you wonder why you seem to be living in a salt and empty earth? If we're not rooted, we're not putting our trust in the Lord, we're not activating it through certain behaviors, that's going to dry up. We cultivate our relationship with the one who is love by loving. Do you practice the corporal and spiritual works of mercy? Do you concretely care for those in need? These are all the things, everybody, that are meant to ground us in this very deep place, this place of trust and faith. So put Jeremiah's reflections up on your computer screen and keep your life rooted close to those flowing streams. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.